lighting to Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Spotlight. This is episode number 272. I am your host, Kente, all the way live from Los Angeles, California. And this is day three of Spotlight Week. And I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, the one and only Jen, all the way from Hawaii. How you doing, Jen? I'm I'm awesome, but I have to say this uh, as day number three of the spotlight, I'm starting to feel the heat. <laughs> Being under the spotlight. It's it's super sweltering out here. Today I heard that the heat index was a hundred and one. And I mean, I'm just not used to that. <laughs> I'm just in puddles. It's so awful. So, uh, you know, big respect to everybody that lives in, you know, Palm Springs and places where it's really hot. Man, you guys have my ultimate respect. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Everybody's talking about, you know, you need to hydrate. You need to stay yeah. hydrated. Drink water. Drink water. If you have a little headache, it's like, oh, you must be dehydrated. Like people <laughs> already just assume. You know, uh, you know, it, they people want to throw that on to you. Did you must be dehydrated? I'm like, uh, no, I might just have a headache. <laughs> you know, or, or you know, conversely, you could be having a stroke or something, and people are like, no, dude, just drink some water. You'll be fine. It'll be okay. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, um, but no, um, uh, I am doing fine, and I'm so glad to be here. And our guest, our returning champ, the one and only Vita Gafari, is back. And I'm so yes, happy I'm, to have you. Yeah, I'm so happy to be back. You know, thank you so much. It's so great to be on your show. And actually, I'm in the San Fernando Valley, so I can attest that it is very warm. Ooh. Yes, yes, yes. And um, I imagine I'm going to see you next week at the premiere, right? Yes, I'm so excited and so honored that you can attend it. We're all very excited about this premiere. We're already getting a lot of coverage. Reviews are starting to come in and it's just a very exciting time. Uh, first of all, before I proceed, I'd love to give a big shout out and thank you to my amazing publicist, Joe Williamson, for making this happen and bringing me to your amazing amazing show and, and introducing me to such wonderful opportunities and people such as yourself. So I'm very grateful to him. And it's going to be a big premiere. I know he's working very hard on it and very excited. The name of the film is Eternal Code. And it's written, directed, and starring Harley Wallen, who's an amazing filmmaker who was just on your show. And uh, it's a great cast. I'm just very excited about this movie. Yes. Actually, I was just saying before the, it started, this is actually uh, uh, Eternal Code Week as well. Because <laughs> uh, we have you, Har Harley, and then tomorrow, his wife. So, uh, you know, and I'm looking forward to next week premiere as well. So, Me awesome. too. Um, so, uh before we get into the the movie that comes out next week, uh, let's kind of once again go into a little bit of your background. Um, I know we had you on before and we talked about a little bit of that, but just for those who didn't have a chance to hear that episode, uh, where are you from originally? Born and raised in the D.C. area, and I studied at the University of Maryland, College Park. Go Terps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so... Uh, one question that we'd love to ask on this show is at what point did you realize you were this creative person that you had all this to give to the world? 
You know, I will tell you in DC, it's a, it's a very tricky place because it's a political town. Mm -hmm. So there really isn't much for artists. You're either a politician or you cover politics. So I was originally a journalist. I love drama I, and, and theater. I minored in theater and journalism at University of Maryland. And I did perform at their black box theater and I was a part of it as well. But like I said, DC is a journalism town. So I was mostly pursuing journalism, though I did join the Screen Actors Guild in DC. And I think I did that because it's a much shorter wait time than Los Angeles because, you know, people aren't like running in droves to join an actor's union and, you know, our nation's capital. So I, you know, I was an actor for years. I did it younger, mostly for fun. I did a lot of like local theater. I did theater in college, but it wasn't until I moved here I in, to California, I was uh, working for a TV station. I was a I would work at a lot of Persian TV stations because I'm Iranian. And um, it's not too it wasn't too difficult for me to get a job there. And I started voicing their promos. I would do it in English and Farsi. And one of the editors there is like, you know, you, your voice is great. And you know, you, you're good with the intonation of your voice. So I'll just, I can just put it like a little reel together for you. And, oh, I know this guy who's a studio and I'll, I'll put you in touch with him. And then one thing led to another. And I started taking voiceover classes and doing little jobs here and there. And then my voiceover career grew. And then from that, I was like, you know what? I want to do some acting. So I, then I did some acting. So, you know, one thing led to another and then, uh, you know, started doing television and then started doing film. I did a lot of improv over the years. So that's, that's a great, you know, skill set to have as an artist. Yeah. Improv. Um, I've actually partaked in a, a improv workshop uh, just once sit in, and it, it is so intimidating because the people there were so talented and they just kind of throw you in there. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm new. <laughs> like, and they're like, uh, you know, they just, you know, and it was so encouraging and stuff like that. So, um, but uh, it really sharpens your muscles in a lot of ways. Yes. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, so the last time we had you on, we talked about the different projects that you were working on. And um, so it's been a couple of years since we had you on. Uh, what are some of the things that besides, you know, Eternal Co uh, that you've been working on? You know, I've had an interesting summer. Um, I hate to get back to Eternal Code, but in the Eternal Code is very special for me because it's the first time I'm playing a scientist. Mm -hmm. And my dad was a very well-known NASA scientist in uh, Persian culture. It's like being, I don't know, Kobe Bryant or some famous athlete. They're very revered uh, academics are. So that was a really big uh, buzz, you know, in the Persian Middle Eastern media that I'm playing a scientist. So after that, I played a scientist again in the film Robo Woman. That's Dustin Ferguson's film. I don't know if you've interviewed Dustin. He's a wonderful uh, filmmaker, yes. cult filmmaker, very talented guy. And he's made over 70 feature films. And I played a uh, kind of like a researcher in that movie. I was assisting Mel Novak's character, you know, Mel Novak, legendary action star, Bruce Lee's Game of Death, and also an eye for an eye up as a Chuck Norris. So um, it was great to work with him. We had Sue Price from the Nemesis 2 to 5 uh, franchise. We had the lovely Donnelly Heising in the title role. It was a great women's empowerment movie, and I love playing a wise woman in that one. Brink Stevens, Scream Queen, and of course from Slumber Party Massacre, was this was also starring in that film. So that was a great cast that Dustin put together. I really enjoyed that. And then I, again, I played a scientist in another film of his, uh, Los Angeles Shark Attack, which has gotten a lot of buzz. Once again, great ensemble cast, Donnelly Heising, Mel Novak. Uh, we had Brink Stevens again. I worked with Brink, Maria Olson 
from I Spit on Your Grave Deja Vu and also from um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. So she's a great actress as well. Also Alan Maxson, who was one of the heads of King Gamora and Godzilla King of Monsters was in that film. So that was a wonderful ensemble cast. And my character's name is Dr. Elaine Ripley, which is kind of like a wink and a nod to um, Dr. Ellen Ripley from Alien Sigourney yeah. Weaver's famous character, but not as sharp and on the ball as Sigourney Weaver, but still a very, you know, plucky and inquisitive uh, scientist. So, you know, it was, it was I call this my uh, summer of lab coats. So <laughs> I wore, and I wore lab coats when I shot Eternal Code. So it's, it's been a great summer and uh, very excited. And I also won uh, Best Actress for my role in Dustin's film, Moon of the Blood Beast, Best Actress Supernatural Thriller, thriller at the Los Angeles Nollywood Awards. And once again, we had, you know, Alan Maxson and, and a great cast. I work with D.T. Carney, Mike Ferguson, who was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just wonderful actors. And it was a great experience. I played a dispatcher, a very inquisitive dispatcher, Noel Johnson. So that was just a wonderful experience. And and to win Best Actress Supernatural Thriller. Oh, uh, many cool. things, wonderful team at the Los Angeles Nollywood Film Awards. That was a very, you know, tough category. So I'm very honored and very flattered. I also recently shot my first franchise film. It was Meat Hook Massacre 5, the final chapter, also Dustin's film. And I played the sister of the girl that's, you know, being pursued, rather persecuted in this film. Mm -hmm. So I, it was interesting to see how loyal people are in this franchise with the franchise films there's really these cult the films have a strong following and they both aired on tv moon of the blood beast did uh it, it aired on the monster channel and meat hook massacre aired on wgud tv so both of these films uh though they've done great at the festival circuit also had tv premiere so that was very exciting wow cool um yeah we we did interview dustin ferguson he's awesome uh, very energetic and uh, just a great guy. Um, so uh, let me ask you about, um, do you prefer in any genre or you'll do any genre pretty much? Um, is there one that you like more than others? You know, it's interesting you ask that question and that's a very interesting question. But I will say for women's roles, especially, I feel like whatever is the most compelling role for a woman, I think when an actor starts out, one is more obsessed with the role and the lines. I'm more obsessed about, you know, my character's journey, uh, what they go through, their obstacles, their dilemmas, you know, their process, their, you know, getting to the grid of it, getting to the, you know, the juice of the story. So for me, it's more about the characters. I will say horror, the horror genre is very kind to women. I mean, sure, a lot of women get slaughtered, but my characters are very well developed in horror films. And I feel like it's like a thing that we have an improv. You're either a pirate or you're a cowboy. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're a cowboy. And I feel like, uh, you know, robot is more like an agreeable sort. And a cowboy is a little more reckless. And I feel like even though I'm not playing a cowboy, I have these roles where I, my character is more in command. I hate to use the term alpha, but you know, the, I'm playing strong women that are leaders. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, I really enjoy that. And I think even in the film where I'm the dispatcher, um, even though I was the dispatcher, not the sheriff, I'm still, you know, going after the case and, and bugging the sheriff and, and saying, Oh, you know, what are we going to do? Or I think we got to find this, this beast, this terrible beast. So I was really hot on the trail of the beast 
and I wouldn't let anything stand in my way. So I think that's the beauty in the horror realm is that, you know, women, of course, there's going to be the stereotypical stock characters, but luckily I'm, I'm working with wonderful filmmakers where that really doesn't happen. So that was a wonderful experience. And, and same with me, like it was, a, you know, I was trying to reassure my sister. I was on a quest for the truth. What stood out to me? So to answer your question, I think it depends on the character. I will say I do like the horror genre. I don't like getting bloody, but I do like the horror genre. So, you know, it's just, it's just been an enjoyable ride. I, I, you know, I also enjoy, I worked on a, it was more like a fantasy mystery film. I worked on a film called Miranda Vale and I paid like a, like a power mom, like a very successful career woman, very distracted mom. Uh, and her daughter was like on the brink of insanity. And it's, the film is called Miranda Vale. And I'm very, very excited about that one as well. And it's written and directed by Levin Garbage. So that was my first fantasy horror. So I feel like I've done like, almost every realm of horror film. And I finally did my first shark film, my first shark film with Dustin. So that's exciting. Um, that is pretty exciting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm going to imagine though, since it was a, a nod to uh, and Ripley from uh, Alien and Alien, the Aliens franchise, um, you didn't get a chance to get in a mech suit and fight the uh, shark, did you? <laughs> in, in the film. I can't give that away. <laughs> oh, oh. I okay. can't give that away. <laughs> she, I will say she's pretty smart, but not as smart and clever as Sigourney Weaver, I hate to say. She's a smart cookie, but she's, you know, she's a little quirky, too. Listen, when it comes to setting the bar, there's not many women that are as clever and smart as uh, Sigourney Weaver. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And You're I was great. one of the Stevens was the head scientist. So she, like, she was like the genius, genius of it all. So, um, yeah, so, you know, I guess I was pretty smart. Maybe not Ivy League material, but I, I was up there. Well, um, okay, so. But you know what I mean, my character. I can't wait to see this. It's going to be great. Oh, yeah. We should have like a, uh... What's interesting is it's from the POV of the sharks. Like, mankind is ruining nature because there's like a real estate developed character, you know, which is, you know, happening all over Southern California, everything is getting built up. So it's kind of an interesting take on our society and how, you know, big business is, is taking over and, you know, it's us against the man and the man keeps building and building and building and building. So it's from the shark's point of view, which I thought was very clever and smart of Dustin to do personally. See, does it make me a bad person that when I see a shark movie, I root for the shark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, I'm always like, oh, and when the shark gets it in the end, I'm like, darn it. Well, hey. We're just going to call it for what it is, Kente. It makes you a bad person. Yes. Uh, <laughs> so I think ride at Universal Studios. Oh, uh, yeah. See, that, maybe that's the bonding that I had uh, with. <laughs> right. So um, let's talk about um, your process. Like, you know, when you, when you start a project, um, what's the first thing that you do to get into your character? Um, do you make up your own backstory? Do you, uh, or do you go to the director and try to find out what they're thinking, what their backstory is, or, or what, what is your process? If you, what you say. Uh, I don't want to 
want to step on their toes because oftentimes a lot of them are writer directors and I want to be very respectful of them and their material. So it's a little bit of both. It's a little bit of what I bring. It's a little bit of what they bring. Um, you know, I really try to kind of finesse it my way and their way as well because, you know, they're directing it and writing it. So, you know, I have to adhere to what, to what they say. Okay. All right. Um, do you, um, what, is there ever a moment when you're shooting something where, like, I don't know, maybe at the beginning or maybe sometimes during the middle where, where, like, do you still have butterflies? Because you've worked so much. Um, is this, are you at a point now where you just jump in there, you know what, you know what you do? Do you still have that, oh man, like, I hope it works out, uh, you know, or are you at a point now where you're pretty, you know, you feel very confident always? It's an interesting question you ask. I wish I had all the confidence in the world, but I will tell you, uh, when I play a different kind of character for the first time, it's a little bit like, oh my God, I'm playing a really smart lady or, you know, I remember my first mom, oh, I'm playing a mom. But you know, the, the people on the set are so amazing. Everybody makes everybody feel comfortable. And I think by the time I get on the set and by the time I get the notes from the director, and oftentimes a lot of these directors are very gracious. They'll give you rehearsals or, you know, I try to meet up with other cast members if possible. It's hard when people are in different states. But I feel like by the time I get there, uh, hopefully everything is going my way and it's working you know what i mean so hopefully everything is working at that by that point if that makes sense no no it's perfect sense uh, what what is it that you're looking for from a director what is it that i'm looking for for a director well you know i always like notes mm -hmm. notes are a great thing to have from a director um you know they they give great direction uh what am I looking for? For you know, I always ask a backstory. I think. Uh oh. Uh, uh oh. A technical difficulty. Uh, as we wait for Vita to come back in, I want to thank everybody for being here. And oh, we got her back. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. So um, I don't know what happened. I think as soon as I get a text, it knocks me off. Yeah, that's probably. What, yeah. When you answer the text, it, that's what it does. I didn't answer the text. I tried to get rid of it. Oh yeah, it's okay. So now what you, and you were saying? So um, I think, you know, the director usually gives me the direction that I need. Uh, I, I ask a lot of questions. I do a lot of research, uh, especially when I'm playing these smart women. So it's a little bit of, um, it's a little bit of all of it, I guess. I, you know, the director usually gives me what I need. They're very on point. So I usually get what I need. And usually the blocking is fairly simple. So usually. Okay. Um, so, all right. So now every actor has a bucket list. Is there, are there some roles that you haven't been able to play yet? Gosh, I played all sorts of things. Hmm. You know, my, the women that I'm playing now are smart and conniving. One of them is uh, I've usually been like the sweetest thing, you know, like, you know, the girl next door, what have you, uh, the best friend, the sister, I've, you know, I've done all of it. I, but there's one role that I haven't played yet. I'm very excited about. And I've, I'm very excited about this one. 
It's um, called Realm of Shadows, and I play the alluring and mysterious Cassandra. Mm. Let's just say she's a very witchy woman. And it's a film starring legendary actor Tony Todd. I'm very excited and honored to be cast in this film. I'm a big fan of Mr. Todd's. I love the Candyman franchise, and I love also the Final Destination franchise and everything that man has done. I'm a big fan of his. So in this next film, I will play a very alluring and mysterious character. I'm very excited about it. Nice. Yeah, very excited. She's kind of, she's also a muse. This is a, this is a very uh, well-developed character. So I'm very excited about that one. So, uh, okay. So I have a, a, a general overarching, very wide open question. If okay. You, if you had all of the uh, all the access to every open casting call that there was, what's the one role that you would want to take? Um, that it could be anything, anything at all. Don't even worry about gender. Just what is a role that you would want to play? It's more like the kind of thing that I would like to do. I would love to be like on an ensemble sitcom. Because I got my start in comedy. I'm an improviser. I did sketch comedy. I'm a UCB alum. So I would love to do comedy. But, you know, I'd be open to drama. I'd love to do like a, what are those things called when it's like a CSI or a NCIS? Procedural. I would love to do a procedural. Oh, as well. Just, you know, it's more like the type of genre I'd like to do. And I guess the medium that I'd like to do it in. So, you know, I, I enjoy that. I also really enjoy doing voiceover as well. That's quite nice. Or as they say, it's nice work when you get it because it's uh, there's a lot of money at stake with voiceover and there's a lot of competition because you could look like anything and go out for stuff. So, I mean, I know it's based on your voice, but, you know, it is it is what it is. So, uh, yeah, you know, that would vo- more voiceover would be great. But, yeah, I would love to do a procedural and I'd love to do a sitcom. I have done romantic comedies, but mm, I think that's all changed in the past couple of years, you know, with the women's empowerment movement, move, movement and things maybe aren't as sappy as they used to be, huh? It's, a, 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 you know, it's funny. I think, I think you might be right. I think our perspectives changed a little bit, but I will, I, I think personally that, uh, that, okay, so the idea that you could play anything that you wanted to play and that you chose what you just chose doesn't just say a lot about who you are. It says a lot about your character as a person. Uh, it really right. is, right? Because a lot of people, I think, um, would choose the super glamorous or the very top billing kinds of roles. And that it says a lot that you would rather keep it, you know, this is in my real realm. I like that. Oh, thank you. Well, you know, I think as artists, I, I think for me, and coming from, again from an improv background, it's a collaborative effort. And I started in theater, which was very collaborative. So I guess I like collaborating. You know, it would be great to be the lead in something, but I mean, I like ensemble shows. I, I've worked on them before. I like the three camera sitcom. I think it's a great thing. So yeah, I mean, sure, if somebody wants to put me in a Marvel movie, then cha-ching. Why the hell not? I'll probably become like a real estate magnet, right? Right, right. So if somebody writes the right roles for someone like myself. I mean, I know there's uh, there's like animated shows with all kinds of women that are, you know, Marvel action ladies. 
hopefully that'll happen to the real screen, you know, the big screen. But, you know, I don't see myself pushing a Jeep like um, Brie Larson did. Yeah. Remember she had to push a Jeep? Yeah, yeah. I see you doing it. Really? I, I, really I, I don't know if my, I have upper arm strength to do that. But, you know, I will say that I, I don't even read the tabloids, but whenever I'm in the grocery store, there's like sightings of her outside Irwan. It's like a health food place. I don't get a cent to promote this, but my point is this woman is always outside health food places and drinking kale shakes. That's like a completely different lifestyle. While I like to think I'm healthy, like I would have to, that's like a really big commitment. You're right. Well, you know what? <laughs> this is why I'll never be an actress because yeah, yeah. I'm not going there. <laughs> Deep and neutral, you can totally push it. So, <laughs> so you're good. Oh, good point. Good yeah. point. Okay, so let's let's talk about the Eternal Code. Uh, first, of yes. All, how did you um, first uh, hear about the project? And uh, uh, let's start there. How did you first hear about the project? Well, I, you know, I met Harley when he was out here. And he was uh, doing a tour and then I went out for it and then I got it and I was very excited to get it. And it was, you know, just great to be cast in this film. He's a very talented filmmaker. He's a very talented artist. He's also a martial arts champion. I mean, there's nothing that this man can't do. It's very inspiring to be around people like him. He's very talented. His wife is very talented, Katie Wallen, who will be on your show. So it was just a great experience. And then I, they flew me out to Michigan and I you shot the film and it's, it's a very compelling story. And it takes a very creative person such as Harley to put something like this together. I think he had read an article about um, head transplants in China mm -hmm. and they tried it in, on primates and it was very successful. And without giving too much away, it's like the socioeconomic political uh, you know, stuff that comes out of doing something like this, like the socioeconomic political ramifications of doing something like this, creating something like this. This is something that, again, without giving too much away, you know, there's such a disparity in wages. This is something that the really rich can, you know, glom onto. This is something that somebody per se that's a little bit sneaky could change their identity if they want to hide for the right price. So this brings up a lot of compelling arguments. So it's a very interesting story. And I play the scientist, one of the scientists, Nikita. And uh, this woman is a, is a very interesting character. I'll leave it at that. But uh, there's a lot of ramifications with this. And I get to work with an amazing cast. And uh, it's just it's just a wonderful cast of actors. It's Scout Taylor Compton from Z Rob Zombie's Halloween uh, 1 and 2. She's also in The Runaways, which is a movie I really enjoyed. Richard Tyson, of course, from Kindergarten Cop. And uh, 3 O'Clock High, one of my favorite movies. Billy Worth from The Lost Boys, another one of my favorite movies. The amazing Mel Novak, of course, from Bruce Lee's, you know, Game of Death. Jan Birch from Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs. The lovely Katie Wallen, of course, from Betrayed. So it's an and other amazing ensemble actors. It's a, it's a great large ensemble cast, and it was a very enjoyable experience. And you know, I had a blast doing it. And it, a person really thinks about you. Really think about wow, if this technology is happening, because you know they're planning you know life on Mars. They're planning all these things. All these billionaires want to you know create underground tunnels so you beat LA traffic which unfortunately hasn't happened but 
what if the billionaires do something like this with the, you know, with the transplant? So it's a, it's a very interesting and compelling idea. And, and Harley really went with it. And, you know, it's, it's a, it's just a great story. It's a action thriller, sci-fi film. It's my first sci-fi film and I'm very excited. You know, it was funny because when Harley was on the show, day before yesterday he actually said that he didn't think that it was as sci-fi that basically the sci-fi elements are baked into the story and so there isn't a lot of sci-fi that you follow through with the story which i thought was really interesting because how many movies do we have that that really don't approach it that way so that seems pretty amazing story-wise yeah you know he's he he's right but for me, that's never done any sci-fi. It's pretty sci-fi to me. But yes, overall, I believe it's more of an action th- film. It's more of a thriller film. It's more like, and it's very suspenseful. Yeah, I think that's what he said too. Yeah. Very suspenseful. And there's lots of twists and turns. And it's just a, it's just a very compelling story. And I was, I was honored to be a part of this story and this you know, whole journey of his. And it's, it, you know, it highlights all sorts of things. You know, our vets homelessness, uh, you know, kidnappings, uh, you know, prostitution. It's, you know, and then on the other side, on the other end of the spectrum, they have like, you know, CEOs. So it's a really interesting cross section of, you know, various socioeconomic classes and, you know, that all get embroiled in, in this story and with this invention. So it's very interesting. So the question I have to ask you, uh, would you take advantage of that technology? Uh, would you do the head swap? What was that? It's weird. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I guess if I want to move a Jeep like Brie Larson, I'd switch bodies with her, huh? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't mind. You know, what do they say? You can never go home again. I wouldn't mind going home again in like a 20 year old body. But I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of used to myself. You know, I'd have to start all over again. What, who would I be? What would my, I don't know. I think I, part of me feels like when I was working on the movie, I kept thinking to myself, this is so unfair. Everybody can't do this. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. You know what I mean? It's like the people that have like yachts and they take Instagram pictures on their yachts or whatever, and they're like in you know Greece or doing whatever they're doing. And I'm thinking, God, I don't mean to sound like a socialist, but it's really unfair. Right. 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 So I was some billionaire, and this is what I was thinking: like I could get into somebody else's body, and then when that body gets old, I can get into another body. So what? I would like live till infinity. Yeah. Or until you just get tired and pull the plug on yourself. I, I was just gonna say, you know, that this is this is the stuff of awesome science fiction, right? That whole idea. But I, I don't know about I, I I don't know how you would even justify staying alive for that long. It's such an interesting concept. I love that this is the that this is that the core of this idea is what the movie is about because it just sparks so many interesting conversations. Oh my God, it does. And and yeah, on the set, after the film, like, you know, when we were, you know, taking breaks for, you know, lunch, dinner, all that, it was, it was, all we were talking about was this. I mean, when you work on movies, you, of course you talk about the movie, but something on, of this caliber, 
you really discuss on a, it's like a different kind of level because you're, it's very intellectualized. So it's an interesting thing. So I'm just charging myself up because I'm doing this on a phone. Forgive me, guys. Forgive me. Whoops. No, it's not good. Sorry. Okay, so let me just charge it up so I don't lose you guys yet once again. Here we go. So yeah, I think there's, um, there's interesting ramifications for something like this. So I think it's something that we were discussing, like even on the plane back you know, home, we were discussing it. I, I think about it often. I, I find it very compelling. And we're now in a world where there's definitely a 1%. And again, I don't want to get political, but there, there really is a 1%. So it could be feasible. And people could take advantage of it and do it, you know, and, and uh, I mean, I don't think we're ready for it now based on the article, but, you know, they're doing the studies. So that is something. Well, next week uh, in as promotion for the eternal code, me and uh, Jen are going to swap heads. Uh, just for <laughs> week, There gonna, you go. Yeah. So we're going to help promote, we're going to help, help promote the film by doing that. So you'll be gender fluid. Yeah, <laughs> very fluid. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. I, I promise not to yeah, your body. You know, it's uh, uh, feeling both ends of the spectrum. You'll be feeling, you know, the female realm, the male realm, all of it. I'm not being sarcastic. Yeah, that's the only thing that that uh, kind of scares me. Uh, so uh, you'll get in touch with your feminine side, maybe <laughs> a little too much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I know you're excited about the premiere next week. Yes, it's going to be a great premiere. We're going to have, we're going to have you, of course, and we're going to have, you know, amazing celebrities will be in attendance. We have an Oscar nominee, Terry Moore from Comeback Little Sheba, Mighty Joe Young. We have Emmy winner Gil Bellows from The Shawshank Redemption. We have Emmy nominee Naomi Grossman from American Horror Story. We have, uh, God, lots of great talent. Jake Busey from Stranger Things. We have a, a Grammy winner, Omar Akram. We have Naveed Negaf on. He played uh, the Sultan in Aladdin, the live action Aladdin that just premiered over the summer. We have lots of big stars coming to this premiere. We're very, very excited. Uh, Richard Grieco will be there. Tara Reid will be there. Uh, just lots of you know great talent. It's being billed as its own night of 100 stars, and we're still waiting on confirmations. We also have a two-time former mayor of Beverly Hills, Jimmy Delshad. We have a friend of mine who's very active in the community. He's the head of the Panorama Chamber City of Commerce, Saul Mejia. So we have community activists. We have celebrities, you know, politicians, the whole gamut. We've got great media, local, national, international coverage. So it, it's going to be a very exciting time. I'm, you know, over the moon for this premiere. Wow. Wow. I'm, I'm very happy for you guys and excited. Thank you. To be in, in attendance. Um, before we uh, say goodbye, um, what can we be on the lookout besides Eternal Code uh, from you? I think Los Angeles shark attack at some point will come out soon. I'm sure it's in post. Uh, moon of the Blood Beast will be at a lot of film festivals. Uh, same with uh, Meat Hook Massacre the final chapter. Uh, gosh, Miranda Vale should be coming out soon. Uh, let's see. And then I, sooner or later, I guess sometime this fall, I'll be shooting Realm of Shadows and I'll finally get to work with the amazing Tony Todd. So that's one less thing off the bucket list. I'm very excited. I'm a big fan of his. So I'm really excited to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. Awesome. We were talking about him yesterday, last night. 
Uh, he's incredible. I love his voice. Uh, he's just such a talent. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, how can we get you on social media? And uh, do you have a website? Yes, you can find me at on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, everything, LinkedIn, Vida Gafari, V-I-D-A-G-H-A-F-F like Frank, A-R-I, and also So Very Vida on Facebook. And um, you can find me on IMDb as well under Vida Gafari. All right. And Jen, how can we get you social media and all that good stuff? You can find me on Twitter at following bliss one, and you can check out my websites at moviesmakethemeal.com and criticallux.com. All right. And you can get me at Kente F on Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And the website is indieradio.org. Uh, Spotlight week continues tomorrow. Uh, we have two more episodes. We have uh, at 5 p.m. Pacific because we're going to be a little early tomorrow. We'll be um, joined by Katie Wallen. Uh, who's also in Eternal Code as well. And uh, following that, we have um, the, our last movie of Cinema de Fromage. We're going to be, uh, we're gonna be uh, reviewing Plan 9 from Outer Space. So that should, wow. <laughs> that should be a lot of fun um, setting up our uh, finale, which will be the following week. And then Friday, we will be taking a look at the TV show uh, Fall lineup. So uh, that should be uh, a lot of fun. But I want to thank everybody who joined us and you guys have a beautiful rest of your week. God bless you. Goodbye. <laughs>